Shoom Star Crash. Hold on. <laughs> should it be Shoom because you watched yeah, Star Crash? Or should it be because you watched Shoom Star Crash? Yeah, it should be that one. Shoom because, because you, you watched, watched Star Crash. Crash. Oh. <laughs> All right, that's better. <laughs> All right. So, Star Crash is a 1978 film. Uh, science fantasy. I think the director specifically called it a science fantasy film. Which makes sense. Whether or not it was a response or a reaction or just luckily timed as it was with Star Wars, there is obviously some level of comparison that must be made there. So we'll get into that today. Uh, Star Crash was uh, not produced by Roger Corman, but he picked it up for distribution. So even though at the very beginning it says a Corman, New Line, whatever production, Corman just took it after the fact because the original distributor wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, Italian director, uh, Cozy, I believe was his last name, but then went under Larry Coates, correct? Uh, yeah. Luigi, yep, went by Larry Coates. Luigi Cozy. Some very phenomenal <laughs> people in this film from <clears throat> David Hasselhoff, um, Plummer, Christopher Plummer. How do you say Marger? It's uh, Marjo, uh, Marjo Gortner. And also Robert Tessier, who is, has been in a bunch of stuff, mostly as a uh, as a brutal thug, as he is in the oh Rocky well. the the the, the uh, I don't know if Tessier was in Rocky or not. Wait, are we talking about Count? No, 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 no. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, sorry. yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah the Drax. Count was in uh, uh, the, yeah. the, the Drax character. Yeah, yep. yeah. Chief Thor. Chief Thor. Yeah, yeah. he's so anyway, in a bunch of ads. Uh So before we get into this whole film and why we're even doing this podcast series. Uh, I am Michael Vanderpool. I teach visual communication graphic design. I'm joined by Dr. Alan Barris and our resident adjunct, Michael Klink. Hey, yo. <laughs> uh, how many Mountain Dews is that for you today? Two. Nice. Uh, art teaches art, sculpture, and all those other things that um, are important. Make the world a better place. <laughs> there you go. Because you watch Star Crash. Why did we watch Star Crash in the first place? Like, that's kind of my, my initial question here. What's our connection to Star Crash? In my case, I think I watched Star Crash, if I remember right, because it was recommended by the uh, by the uh, trash cinema zine Cinema Sewer, uh, done by Robin Bougie from uh, the fine city of Vancouver. Uh, and it was in an, a breakdown of Star Wars ripoffs. I remember him very distinctly doing a breakdown of Alien ripoffs, mm -hmm. uh, some of which I've seen. And I seem to recall the recommendation being based on that. I might be remembering that wrong, but I think that was where I found it. And I think I was trying to find Battle Beyond the Stars and a bunch of other uh, uh, Star Wars derivatives at that point. Mm -hmm. What about you, sir? I was tricked. Was it my fault? I was tricked into watching it. <laughs> one night, one evening, Vanderpool just messages me, you gotta watch Star Crash. Like, oh, 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 okay. And then I start, I'm like, what is this? And it was amazing. And and at that point where you said, what is this? That was probably the same point I was like, I gotta text Clink. <laughs> like when I was watching. Because I think I had, I had seen it before. And and this rewatching just happened recently. I'd seen it before either through... Um, MST3K, did they do a, a version of this, yeah, I think? Yeah, the, the, the MST3K reboot on Netflix, they did it as part of their short season that they so, just released. So either I'd seen it there recently, or I'd seen it in the past somehow, some way. I, you know, I, there's snippets I remember. Um, but yes, watching it again here on Amazon Prime, it's available through Amazon Prime right now. Uh, 15 minutes in, I, I think I, I messaged you, Mr. Clink, and was like, 
I didn't want to have to watch the whole thing. So <laughs> that's what I do. I'm like, hey, watch this so you can tell me what actually happens. Yeah. Um, since then... Have you actually seen the whole thing now? I have watched the whole thing <laughs> probably at least five times within oh, the past... Golly. Two months. And for me, every time I watch it, it gets better. That's opposite for me. The first what? time I watched it, I was like, what is this? This is amazing. And it was a bunch of, wait, what? But then as I kept watching it, I was expecting those, as we'll probably talk about later on, those WTF moments. And it wasn't as fun because I was I, I knew what to expect and I knew I, I kind of could start seeing the story kind of play out. Whereas before it was, I have no idea what's going on. Now all of a sudden they're doing this. Now they're done. This is happening. There's a giant robot for some reason. And then this happens and then there's laser beams coming out of this person. I don't understand. But now it's starting to kind of make more sense, and that's not as fun for me. Especially when the sense doesn't make sense. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I know, I know what to expect, and there are the story points, but still it's like, okay, this is that pretty good. I love it from the perspective of being able to analyze it. No right? Um, as, especially when it has such a comparison or can be held up in compare and contrast with Star Wars. And whether or not, you know, Star Wars came out in 76, pretty sure. If I remember. Yeah, because it was Empire that came out in 78, right? Pretty sure. I thought it was 80. Maybe I've got my years wrong here. But Star Wars, um, and I'm losing nerd cred right now. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Star Wars, you know, would, would have been in development for a long time. So somehow, someway, I'm assuming that they knew that. Star Wars is going to be made, and just like every derivative comes around, like to to riff off and, and get some get some uh, uh, money mm-hmm. from being uh, having a loose, very loose, right semblance resemblance to um, that it, somehow, some way, the idea of Star Wars influenced Star Crash. I guess is probably the longest way possible to say that. Oh, and uh, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Came out in 1977, according to uh, IMDb. So, yes, this is in appropriate timing to be a Rush ripoff in certain ways. It is also possible that they had access to either uh, they looked at the trailers or that they looked at the movie posters or something like that and maybe ripped off like things like the lightsaber from that. Laser sword. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. If you base a movie on the original Star Wars trailer or poster, you might get something like this. Yep. Because they have no idea the story at all or anything. So it's just this terrible weapon and then laser swords and then a scruffy haired blonde kid. And and I believe I could, I'd have to go into some of our notes here. Uh, If we look at, oh geez, there's one of these things. Uh, one of the posters for this film, should have pulled it up, is actually a blatant ripoff of the Star Wars poster. And if we watched the, we, you know, the trailers right here. If we could watch that again, if we wanted to, the trailer's sexy. Mm-hmm. The trailer and the poster for this sells this movie. And back in the day, before reviews existed and Rotten Tomatoes existed, that's how you you picked a movie, right? You especially the the dawn of video stores. Like, it was that cover yeah. and that blurb that sold it. The Italians really know their movie posters. I know of at least one movie, Warriors of the Lost World, 
that was a crazy, I think it was Edward Sarlouis, if I remember right, uh, who I think they had hired the director, David Wirth, to direct a poster. They had a designer who did a poster, yeah. and then they gave it to Worth and said, make a movie about this. Wow. Okay. So we're and, uh, and again, if you just look at any particular shot of the movie, it looks Mad Maxy. It looks post-apocalyptic. It looks not that bad. And that's true for a lot of the Italian post-apocalyptic ones. Like we're going to see uh, uh, the new Barbarians later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that movie is uh, kind of in the same vein. It's got Fred Williamson in it also, and, and it has some other uh, common elements. And that and that style of that movie, I mean, if you take a frame from it, it looks weird and strange and kind of cool, but it's when you try and like put a story into that that it's just, oh no, oh no, <laughs> this is not coming true. And in fact, it's quite terrible in some really strange ways, which we'll get to. But. So what was this movie then? trying to do i mean as we as we look at it right because you have to make it a determination right we have to assume when we analyze films that everything that we see is there on purpose yes except for the boom that might be in the background right (laughs) for the most part the director and the production it's there on purpose is this film then should we be viewing it as a um satire farce actual like legitimate like endeavor um what would be the proper word there but like a serious endeavor it's not Spaceballs. It's not Spaceballs, and it's not Galaxina. It's not... It's really weird. It's trying to be kind of comic booky Because we got, like, Stella Star. Come on. What a lame name for your main <laughs> character. Right. I'm positive they could have come up with something better than that, but they wanted her to sound like, again, like sci-fi comic booky. Yeah. Okay. But while they were... They put in little elements like that... It's a little bit Flash Gordon-y in that kind of respect, but there, but it's not intended to be humorous either. It's not intended to be a parody. Mm-hmm. So it's it's strange. It's in it's it's in a, a very weird category for me. It's it's trying to be lighthearted fantasy, but not funny. Not a parody of that kind of thing either, as far as I can tell. Seems to me that they just made it to make money. And then there's that. It's because Star Wars either just came out or is coming out, and everybody's like, "Oh my god!" Like this changed the landscape of cinema forever. Right. And we put this, we put Star in the title, and it's going to sell yeah. double, right? Star, and then the opening shot is the the big ship yeah. that just yeah. looks like spruces uh, from model kits yeah. <laughs> glued yeah. onto it. Yeah. <laughs> but <clears throat> so but yeah, that that's that's pretty much what I, how I see it. It's just they're trying to cash off of what's already been done. But they don't have the budget, or the actors, or the writers. <laughs> so, so, and if we had to maybe compare it to like a film like The Room, which is a serious film, or the intent was serious and it Very became serious. became serious. Um, what it is now, uh, I don't think this was meant to be that serious. <laughs> and like, like Cozy's in his mind was not Tommy Wiseau right. trying to make his, his opus or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't even think it's in... I, as far as serious level, I don't think it's even as intended to be a series of Star Wars, which is taken fairly deadpan mm-hmm. throughout. Uh, and a lot of the and a lot of the more ridiculous elements of that kind of movie uh, were kind of edited out of 
the Star Wars process over time. Uh, also, the Italians were masters of doing the ripoff movie. Uh, the, probably the, the most blatant example I've seen of this, and it's somewhat infamous on the internet because of one incredibly stupid shot from it, would be The Last Shark, which is a blatant, uh, incredibly blatant ripoff of Jaws. Really? And it involves the worst Jaws, uh, like worst shark effects of any movie. They are laughably risable. They are so terrible. I'm adding it to my cue right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, it needs to be seen. It's incredible. But uh, but they did all kinds of movies like this. And and the, the Italians were also big on, like, the fake sequel. Like, uh, a movie. Well, that's... Out. And then they, they'd call another movie, like, like Troll, Troll 2. Troll 2, right? Yeah. Because that's Italian director. Yeah, same, yeah, same, yeah. Same, same kind of idea where they would uh, do another movie and then say, this is, like, the sequel to this yeah. movie, even though they have nothing to do with one another. All right. So what's interesting <laughs> here, then, if we're going to take it as... In, the, in that way, whatever that is, not as a farce, not as something meant to be comical, as I think the director specifically stated as a science fantasy yes. versus science fiction, because that does change. Science fiction should be more real, I would argue, where science fantasy could has more fantastical elements. There's also a pile of Ray Harryhausen in this. All of the stop motion stuff yeah. looks like his skeletons. Yeah. I'm that big Talos-looking... Uh, iron golem i guess that the queen is ordering around and then the smaller robots which they actually refer to as golems Golems, again they're they're classic stop motion skeletons i think in that vein we're going to obviously be continuing to look at it with with star wars as as kind of like it's it's mirror or foil or whatever however you want to term it star wars 11 million dollar budget this movie had a four million dollar budget (laughs) that just makes me laugh wow okay (laughs) So, how did they spend four million dollars on this movie? Fetish outfits. Okay, all right. Okay. As somebody who um, has done budgets for films, you spend a lot of money really fast. Either that or craft services. <laughs> well, that's sandwiches. Like, you know, they were shooting, movie was crap, but it was amazing food. <laughs> um, they were shooting in Argentina. Um, oh, you know these these actors. I think you know were fairly. Popular, even though what's who's the female? What's her? What's Stella Caroline Star? Monroe, if I remember yeah. right. Yeah, uh, I believe she was a relatively famous B movie actress from from horror films. So like, she probably didn't come that cheap. Um, you know those sets for for in the day and those models. Those models would have taken. Those models aren't bad. Those models are horribly filmed. Right. They could have been filmed better. For sure. Not so much close up on the little spruces of the models. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, so we had a lot, uh, and maybe we, this is us getting us into our WTF moments, yeah. right? Because they are, there are excessive ship shots. Mm-hmm. And that was ship, although I can understand how you could confuse it with another SIH word. Yes. Ship shots. And the biggest issue is I think the details of the model models are good. The biggest issue is the lighting. Because if we think about the lighting of the models in, in Star Wars, specifically, it's very harsh. right? Your shadows are really, really harsh. Because that's kind of how it would space be in space. Yeah. Right? But if you look at these models, the shadow, it looks like it's just, it's not done. It's not lit that way. Mm-hmm. Or the models are not painted in a way to imply that. But I do want to say the stars in the movie... Like not the actual stars, like the celestial stars. Not David Hasselhoff. Not David Hasselhoff, even though he does look pretty in this. 
the stars in the background are amazing looking. Just the, the different colors and it very, like you were saying, uh, it very much lends itself to the comic book aspect because yeah. stars are not just white usually in comic books or anything like that. You want to make them look uh, spectacular and eye-catching. Yeah, yeah. And that's the first thing that caught my eye. And then we got this ship and it's... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that started nice. Yeah, it's kind of a flatter, white, kind of maybe light grayish ship. And it's just kind of lit where it's flatly yeah. lit. Yeah. 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 But I do like the stars. So, WTF moments. I think, and I'll read it as uh, it is immortalized here <laughs> you know my son I wouldn't be emperor of the galaxy if I didn't have some powers at my disposal imperial battleship halt the flow of time <laughs> yes that was my yeah I, yeah I mean of all the WATF moments that has to be the biggest right yes in this film near the climax are we doing spoilers is that what's happening oh spoilers yes <laughs> going to be swearing. <laughs> <laughs> there will be spoilers throughout this series yes. because we will just get excited and forget. So. Yeah, exactly. So um, remind me to add the spoiler thing after the swoosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just like, wow. It, it, it's Superman the movie, right? That, it's happens almost the exact same uh, point. That was Superman more believable. Movie. Superman the movie? Going backwards around the world makes time go backwards. That's just science. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad when this film's story effects, whatever, are more real than Superman the movies because the whole spinning the earth backwards, there's lots of problems. There. Yes. Um, Mass death. Yes, yes. <laughs> so once we get past the Armageddon, <laughs> time reverses. Um, yeah, but it didn't affect that. It didn't stop time for them because they were able to leave. Uh, yeah, just just totally. You can't even try to explain it's it. It's a wave your hands, don't think about it, look this way kind of deal. What's interesting, though, is that is exactly what you talk, You and I Clink, talked about this. This is what Star Wars does. They're like, oh, damn, don't pay attention. Yeah. All we had to do was blow the Tantive Four out of the sky. And who cares about the freaking planes because they're all in particle bits. But... Star Wars, with that action, throws you right in and doesn't even give you room to question, right? right? Where here, you're at that moment, and you have no choice but to be like, okay, <laughs> made sure. But, to be fair, I think the movie prepares you for this with all the other moments that happen. <laughs> yes. Because there are a lot of them. The nipples on the queen <laughs> giant golem <laughs> robot, I think, uh, were one of the early, the earlier ones for me. Just the okay. <laughs> well, if they're a race of women warriors, oh, I suppose they're not going to care about that type of thing. Except their their uniforms that they have do care. I don't know. MPAA was that? A I thing mean, for the, you know, these people. I, don't I, I guess I don't probably know. probably the <laughs> second most famous set of artificial nipples in cinema after Batman. Yes, whatever yes. Batman film that was. I was thinking Total Recall. Okay, Total Recall. Oh, okay. that is a great movie. We should. That might hopefully show up as because of Star Crash, right? Well, oh, uh, well, Total Recall will get mentioned next okay. week because. Of a connection we won't get into. Okay. Awesome. Yes. Y'all wait Te for it. Teaser. 
Teaser for next week. Uh, what was your WTF moment? Like? My WTF moment was that initial uh, moment with you, or when I when I messaged you, of like loosely like trying to watch this as a as a as a film, like just trying to like make sense of everything as a whole without focusing on any one thing. And 15 minutes in, when Stella Starr shows up in the prison camp in a fetish outfit. <laughs> and nobody else is wearing a fetish yes, outfit, to be very and I'm clear. Just like, I'm just like, what the freak is going on here? I had no clue how we got to this point in the story. I had no clue why we, what was going on. It was basically, my, I think what I, my reaction to you was, we, this whole first 15 minutes was just to get to this point where we could sexualize the star. And the prison is apparently having them move, like, roughly beach ball-sized chunks of ore up a ramp, into a hole, and then they go down the ramp, and then they get it again. <laughs> and it's in the size of, like, maybe half of a gymnasium. It's not even that big an area. It's just insane. But the way she even escapes the prison is just, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to leave. And then the guard's like, you're not going to leave. And then she leaves. Well, and then after <laughs> a bunch of the prisoners who help her get yeah. gunned down, yes. and then she runs away. Yes. And, th- and that's why this film gets better for me every time I watch it. Because as somebody who likes to write, analyze things and rewrite stories, I mean, you know, you've seen my rewrites for some things. And, and I want to write a prequel to this stupid movie yes. now yeah. after all the watching it to try to help <laughs> rationalize what's happening in this one in my head. Like, when... Uh, L and Thor. L is the robot, and Thor is our version of we, we call him Drax because that's yeah, yeah. who he looks like. Come to now save or break her out of the prison after having been Arrested responsible for putting her in the, in the. It's almost like this movie is retconning itself. Yeah. Um, it would have been a much more dynamic, interesting scene if they would have actually broke her out versus her breaking herself out and the ship landing in the field exactly where she's running. Like. The choices that they made here, they could have easily made alternate choices. Yes. That would have made a much a lot more sense. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean Yeah. WTF moments. <laughs> Other one, what Acton. When he gets shot by uh shot at by Thor. Yes. And he just Thor's like, Why aren't these death rays hurting you? And he's like, Well, they can't hurt me. And he's just you're shooting him back at him with his hand. Yeah. There was no looking smug. Yeah, there was usual. no setup for this at all. Like just out of out of nowhere. By the way, I have abilities. And it can be whatever I want because plot. Because I'm magic. And, and, yeah. And I think that that's one a big, huge failure of the, the storytelling in general. Or I should say the lack of story showing. They explain too many things away through dialogue. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is obviously not a great way to <laughs> make cinema. At least they didn't use narration for all of that. <laughs> At least. We can thank our lucky stars for that. Our lucky star crash for that. <laughs> well, and I think that was, you know, again, my whole, this whole movie as a WTF moment. The first time I watched it, I was like, what the freak is even going on? Because I was watching it and not focusing on, on the dialogue. If you read this movie through its dialogue, it makes more sense than trying to watch it as a complete film. Yes. yes. I can see that. Because it says, we're uh, um, instead of showing... You know, Stella Star and Acton 
being um, uh, what are you smugglers, whatever they are, Han Solo ish B type characters. Yeah. It explains that away through dialogue, right? But it shows in the beginning doing what being chased by the police that eventually become their friends. But we don't even really without know any that... explanation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, so another thing: Acton can see time, can see throughout time, and he says he didn't tell her the future because that's against the law. Oh yeah, that's the other big WTF. What law? But. <laughs> That alludes to an even better movie. Because if there's a law, that means there's time cops. If there's time police in this universe, I want to see that movie. Especially since it involves Jean-Claude Van Damme showing up into this mess. As long as he doesn't touch his previous self, he'll be okay. Because science. I've never seen science. Time Cop. It's, it's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> With Jean-Claude Van Damme. And it's Let time travel, guess, so I have to it involves him kicking things. Uh, maybe some splits, but yeah, maybe. kicking. Yeah, <laughs> just maybe. maybe. <laughs> I mean, is it really a Van Damme movie if he has not doing full splits? <laughs> yeah, or uh, shirt off most of the time too. Yeah. How much blood sport again over the summer? That was fun. Okay, oh, we we can do the whole canon. Uh, sport is at least entertaining. <laughs> so, I sat through Universal Soldier. <laughs> that was not entertaining. <laughs> what about Street Fighter? That's a good one too. I haven't seen Street Fighter yet, but I will. Don't be, watch it. But I will be. Back to this <laughs> star crash and WTF. When the Amazonian queen, who is a thing, is angry about something. I have a theory about that. Oh, she will... wants revenge and invokes revenge again. And it seems to be the robot she's targeting initially. Which robot? Uh, L. Oh, L. Okay. Yeah. Which is. Weird, but anyway, yeah. Theory. Okay, but, so hold on, hold on. before okay, you get there, back, though, back, yeah, yeah. the laser beams at the TV screen projecting the robot oh. being how she controls the robot. Oh. Yes, I. I think that was a visual way to show that she can control him. Control. The so the only real. Him. So the the. The one time they're trying to visually tell the story, they fail miserably. <laughs> yes. Because, like, that <laughs> is the absolute... I would rather have seen them hit a button and say, Robot kill, and press the button. That would have been much better visual. Well, now you know why they've sold things and not shown you. Yes. All right, so, at the so. end of Star Crash, the Count, whatever his name is, releases his starfighters, or his fighters. They're the exact same ship as the Amazonian ships that attack... They look like they're the same. Okay, okay. That attack the, our heroes when the Amazonians were uh, attacking them. So my theory is the reason why she's mad is the Count went and got the best fighters from that planet. And again, this would be a better movie. Best, <laughs> best fighters from that planet and took them into his realm and made them fight for him. And that's why all of her fighters, all of her guards were crap. Because... These are the second stringers. These are the junior, not the varsities. And that's why she's upset. Because they have her people. But why is she taking that out of the robot? Or Stella, for plot matter. Reasons? Reasons is about as good as we're going to get. Oh. That's that's all I got. <sighs> I, I theory as much as I could theory. That is a better movie. <laughs> that is the Star Crash expanded universe right there. Which, when Disney acquires the property, will be wiped out of existence. <laughs> 
and fanboys will be very upset because they lost that beautiful story. I'm still upset about that. Not this Star Crash thing with Star Wars. Anyways, but anyways. So, (laughs) part of the, the, the plot is the Emperor, who's the good guy in this one, is requests Stella Star, L and uh, Drax and um, <laughs> Acton, who basically are a version of Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Loose, loose version yeah. of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, to go find his son, who was on the ship that was originally attacked at the very beginning of the film. Right. Although we don't see him there. There's only two people on this ship. But then there's three launches, three, three space pods that... that Fly off. Three MacGuffins, yes, that fly off. Does he tell them they, that's his son? Yes, I believe so. I, If I remember, yes. right, he mentions that his son, is, because he does that dramatic yes. turn. That that's yeah. the, And by the way, that is my choice for later on, because I'm going to forget otherwise, for the moment in which a little class arrives in Star Crash, because Christopher Plummer, yeah, he's phoned it in, but... He's good at phoning it in. He does this. He, he's walking away in the astral projection he's sending to them. And then he turns around and reveals that thing about his son. And it's very dramatic. Yeah. like oh. Melodramatic, right? I mean, well, yeah, 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 yeah. But at least it's acting and not <laughs> yeah. whatever the rest of these people were doing. Reading from the script the day before. So Stella. And getting really excited about killing people. <laughs> Stella and Acton find that first launch out floating in space. It's a spaceship. Because <laughs> what else would it be? <laughs> right? And they go to save people? Yeah, and then how that person gets, we don't. But they go to save people and not take the cargo because they're smugglers. Yeah, exactly. So it's totally out of character. I'm a smuggler, right? This is where the show versus tell fails, right? You tell me I'm a smuggler. But you show that I'm a compassionate human being doesn't make any sense. Right, right. <laughs> but then I believe, and I'd have to rewatch this again, dear God. <laughs> when they go up, when they're hired later on and go off as the team of four, they go find three launches. Mm-hmm. So there's actually four launches that they encounter as part of this. Okay. <clears throat> that was my issue. <laughs> Thinking about it. Oh, I didn't even think about it. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty okay. sure. Don't so they are you. orbiting that ice planet. The big ship is. The three smaller ships. The barren off. ice planet of snow. Yes. <laughs> but the big ship crashes on that ice planet. Okay. And that's the one of the three, the four ish. Oh, is that? I think I, that's. I'm. I'm actually okay. trying to use logic with this. Oh, because yeah, because they remark that the big engines are like. Well, I don't think they say they're frozen. They say something like they burned or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I remember. So, I guess we have to just rewatch again and maybe... I'm when I write the sequel to this, I'll have to go through and make sure I button up all of the um, things. We'll explain it away in, this, in the sequel. Dable Hasselhoff has laser eyes. Really? That mask thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was such a horrible mask, too. I think they were trying to, like, pretend, like... Or make it ambiguous whether he's a good guy or a bad guy right. with yeah. the construction of that mask. Um, but, yeah, but for $4 million, they should have had better effects. Especially better, practical effects. Like a mask. I mean, paper mache would have been better one if they freaking had that. And better makeup, too. Poor 
David Hasselhoff looks like he's wearing the same shade of pink lipstick that Stella is. And a lot <laughs> he of probably will. And he might very well have been, but... <laughs> so, David Hasselhoff's character, Simon or whatever his name is, he hangs out with Stella Star for a total of five minutes. Then when she finds out from the Emperor that he's the Emperor's son, she looks at him like she's hurt that he didn't tell her. Even though they're looking for the Emperor's son, in the beginning, they didn't know that the Emperor's son was missing at the end. They acted like, what? He's your son? Your son's missing? But then they were told that at the beginning of the movie. I don't Yes. Right? Okay. I and wasn't crazy. Okay. <laughs> you are not crazy. Right. Does not make sense. I was just trying to revamp what I saw and yeah. We're not crazy. They're the ones who are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of this is the fundamental misunderstanding of like why Star Wars worked. Yes. It didn't work simply because of the special effects. It has at least a decent story and decent characters, right? Yeah. Again, based on spaghetti westerns and all that other stuff, it's it's just repackaging you know, of a of, of an existing tried and true story. Decent banter as well. Yes. It, yep. it, the it relationship between the characters it keeps things a little bit light, but then we get back to the story, and it's not parody or 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 weird like whatever pseudo parody world this ends up being for Star Crash. And even though I would argue all of the characters in Star Wars other than Han are flat. Right. You're still able to identify with them and empathize with them. R2 is one of the more dynamic. Yeah, later we find out he can fly. Yeah. Well, that, but, <laughs> but yes. I guarantee right. you in A New Hope oh, he is cussing up a and, storm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He is... And also, his, I mean, he drives the entire narrative, right? Yeah. I mean, his whole, like trick of getting Luke to take off the, the yep, yep. Um, regulator. Yep. Phenomenal, right? Genius. I mean, yeah, yep. by far the coolest character in and this whole film. We know, again, with the robot cursing, we know that based on C-3PO's reactions. Yes. That, yeah. Again, it's like you're hearing only the straight man. <laughs> yeah. And the comedian is silent, and yet it still works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it works but, really well. But there is absolutely none of that in Star Crash or other films of the Silk, right? None of that attention to the relationships or characters' internal drama, right? It's all just like, we need to get from A to B to C to C to show some shifts and put somebody in a sexy outfit. And how is the fastest way For to do that? For this big story that doesn't make any damn sense. And yeah. Yeah. Because it really is. Star Crash really is just a good and evil story, right? Right. Like, the emperor, the emperor is the good guy, and Count Zan Arth, the thug from Rocky, uh, the mafia boss in Rocky, is is uh, uh, the bad guy. But even there, like, I still don't know who I should really root for because I just it's not that clear, right? Other than I think I brought this up to both of you earlier. If we just if we were to watch these films without sound, just taking as the visual, I think the story of Star Wars is is crystal clear this one not so much other than Zan Arth's costume and that look of being a devil slash vampire or whatever it is yeah that's pretty visually clear but everybody else is a little ambiguous without being told who they are yeah I could agree with that yes because if I had if I just re-watching this movie in my head I would have no clue 
that Stella Star and Axon are smugglers. Oh, yeah. There's absolutely nothing other than them being called that that implies that. To be fair, Han and Chewie were just called that, and they said they were. No, cargo hold. Remember? They talk, they show the... Oh, they, they hid in the cargo yeah, hold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah but yeah, that could also... I mean, if you were to mute this, you wouldn't know it's cargo hold. You'd just be like, oh, yeah, they hid in the compartment. Although they do hang out in a scummy bar... Okay. And they don't wear outfits that look like military uniforms, which is the other thing. Like, Acton is, like, wearing, like, he looks like he just got laid off from his job with the visitors from V. Yeah. Yeah, visually. He looks like he's military. And I don't know what, the the Stella looks like she just got off her, uh, she she got off her uh, shift at wherever she's dancing on a pole half the time, so. (laughs) She reminds me of Aaron Gray from... Who played the character in Buck Rogers? Right? Yeah, same Will hair. Yeah, yeah, same hairdo, same same look. I think that was her name. Aaron Craig, maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So because of Star Crash, this is going to be an epic journey. Oh, about of epic journeys. Last question. So the terrible weapon, the red monsters. Yeah, that was a thing on the planet with computers, and then the Count said that that was his weapon. But then he used that weapon to blow up the planet that had the Emperor's son on to bring the Emperor so the Emperor would die. But that was his terrible weapon that he was going to unleash onto the Emperor's homeworld, yet he was going to blow it up on his planet. Right? <laughs> I love this. It's taking things out of context. It's, it's funny because they call those red corpuscles floating in space or whatever – and monsters mm-hmm. and like it just seemed it didn't seem like they were monsters it was all it was just all very confusing blobs maybe yeah, yeah. i don't yeah. know and somehow uh, they survived the attack because yeah because again i don't know what the... and then they're super excited about <laughs> having survived the worst weapon in the world which it seemed like the worst weapon was supposed to be that hand ship thing where they're gonna punch or other words people <laughs> Other words, yes. <laughs> other words, thank you for, for using other words. PG. Well, I swore, so it's PG-13, right? Well, I mean, we could take that out. No, I'm not editing this. <laughs> I think the other word we're discussing I, is not appropriate yes, for PG-13. I'm going to tell you this right now. I am not putting the time and effort into editing this podcast. It's reasonable. So, um, if there's well, some... they didn't edit, so why should we <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Exactly. So... Going forward, because we're running out of time here, um, next film. Galaxina? Galaxina. And Galaxina, 100%, because you watch Star Crash, it shows up, right? Yes. Um, and for those of you that want to play along at home, watch it between now and next Wednesday when we do this. And um, always watch the trailer first. Yes. The trailer will fill you full of false hope. It's going to be a tight, awesome funny yeah. well, <laughs> serious been, deadly movie there have been some movies that Mike has said oh you need to check this movie out and I've, I've looked up the trailer I'm like I'm not watching that because of the trailer Star Crash's trailer is good oh I know yeah but usually these movies will have like at least good trashy trailers you like the kind hope. of thing you'd show at a, at a grindhouse theater and go oh yeah yeah Hobo with a Shotgun yeah. That's the film. You've seen that? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen I've it? not seen that. Oh, we'll get Rutger there. Rutger Hauer. Yeah, it's such, it's oh, the color. awesome. The color in that is beautiful, dude. Okay. As a, long as it's yeah. not, um, is it Uyan Bull or whatever his name is? The Postal guy? The guy who directed the movie Postal? 
Oh, I don't, I don't. He's yeah, known for his really, really bad movies. Apparently bad. But because of Star Crash, yes, this thing exists. We found Star Crash on Amazon Prime. Yes, I think we should mention that. Yeah, and that's where we're uh, getting all of the uh, where where we generated our initial list. Yeah, and that list may change based on reality of of stumbling on something you just have to talk about in the moment. And throughout this whole thing, we're going to try to make connections back to Star Crash, right? Because I think that's one of the most interesting things right now is all these algorithms out there that are telling us what to watch, right? Yes. Like, I read an article about Netflix actually deciding which shows to make with, with which actors based on analytics. Interesting. That's why House of Cards got made, because supposedly people wanted to see some Kevin Spacey in, in some political movie. Not anymore. Some yeah. Sorry, yeah. algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't hire perms. Right. Dr. Alan Barris, yeah. Michael Clink, Mike Vanderpool. Bye. Bye. Bye.